Good morning, everyone. It's so great to worship with you again this morning. Happy Palm Sunday. And if you would, write something in the comments if you're watching on Facebook Live. We would love to know who is worshiping with us this morning. Uh, if you notice, we have a rose on the altar again this morning. Another baby born into the life of the church. It's going to be Gary Wayne Miller. The parents are Gary and Brittany. Big, sister, uh, big sisters Marianna and Shelby. So a big congratulations to them. Uh, and that is from the Children's Ministry and the Early Learning Center. Um, speaking of our Early Learning Center, if you've seen on Facebook, they've been doing all kinds of ministries uh, with our children, uh, dropping some things off to their houses. So we give a big thanks to our Early Learning Center and our Children's Ministry for that. Um, and I'm about to make some announcements about online worship services and online Bible studies. If you need any help at all in uh, joining any of those, Call the church, email us, message us. We would love to help you be a part of these. Um, so don't miss, if you're part of our youth group, don't miss Sunday nights and Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. We have games and a lot of fun and a devotional, uh, so you want to join that. Our children's ministry goes live each morning at 10 a.m. on the children's Facebook page. Uh, we have services online every Sunday uh, on Facebook Live and on the app and on the website at 11 a.m. Uh, so invite your friends, even your friends from out of state that want to join us and watch. Our Tuesday uh, Mosaic service is 6.30 on Facebook and Instagram. And this is great, exciting news, because many people have asked, what's going to happen to the Holy Week noonday services? We still have all of our guest speakers coming this week at noon. Monday is going to be Roger Thompson. And I believe all the speakers are filming from their homes, but we still get to be with them. It's going to be great. Monday, Roger Thompson. Tuesday, Ron Schultz. Wednesday, Ken Casey, who you all know. Uh, Thursday, Vicki Mann. And Friday, Tammy Jackson. So you want to make sure you join in all of these. Uh, invite your friends to tune in and watch as well. And we also have a very special service uh, this Thursday night. We have our Monday Thursday service, and that's going to be at 6 o'clock. And Pastor Sam is actually going to be doing communion with all of us online. This is a first time for us. It's going to be exciting. So make sure you have some grape juice and bread at home to take part with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, uh, these are difficult times, but we are so thankful that we can celebrate Palm Sunday with our church family. Uh, and not just our church family locally, but those around the world. We are thankful for that. We're thankful for the beautiful weather. Um, we pray that right now, in this beautiful morning, that you will calm our hearts and our minds, calm our anxieties, and help us enter into your presence. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we have some special music for you.
We have an amazing music ministry here at First Methodist, don't we? It's absolutely incredible. And when you were done singing, I expected to hear a bunch of amens, but I, I probably, if we could hear you at home, I'm sure we would have heard them. Uh, so this morning, I wanted to let you know, people have been asking, how can we uh, give to the church during this time? You can give online. We have a great app that is set up and also a website. You can give online that way. We also have text to give. You can do that at 256-344-8464, or you can mail an offering into the church. Um, would you join me at home in the uh, Apostles' Creed and the Affirmation of Faith? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So this morning, uh, as we get into our prayer time, I want to ask you, do you have a friend who is in the medical field, a doctor, a nurse that you know of? Would you write their name in the comments so we can be praying for them? We have amazing prayer warriors in this church, and they take the prayer list and the prayer concerns here very serious. Would you write those names for us in there? Maybe you have a friend or a family member that works at a grocery store or another essential business. Would you write their names so we can be praying for them? Maybe you even have a family member that's just going through a rough time. We want to be praying for them, and we want to be praying for you as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, uh, during this rough time, we lift up those who are the essential workers, uh, those doctors and nurses, those in the medical community. We pray that you will give them peace, that you will give them guidance and comfort. Um, we pray for those who are working in grocery stores and other businesses that are open right now, providing critical needs to, to others. We pray that your, your hand and your grace will be upon them as well. We pray for our friends and family who are uh, struggling with the social distancing. We pray that you will, we, you will give them your peace that passes all understanding. And God, we pray for your church, not just Gadsden First Methodist, but the church around the world, that, that we will continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus through this time, that you will, give us the right, you will give us the right things to do, you will guide us, show us where we can serve, how we can serve. And now let us pray the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And I want to say welcome to all of you who are listening to us by live stream or who are following us on Facebook Live. And uh, today we're going to consider uh, the Palm Sunday message and also going to consider a question that looms over the whole thing. And that question is this, just for you to have in your mind as I read the scripture. 
Who is this Jesus? That's the looming question. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, will be our scripture for today. When they had come near Jerusalem and reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Then uh, the disciples went and did just as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and they put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the roads. The crowds went ahead of him and, the, and followed after him, shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, have you ever heard the story about Sam Jones from Boaz, Alabama? Well, if you haven't, I'll tell you. Uh, Sam and his friend Bob were having coffee one day, and Sam made an amazing claim. He said, I know everybody in the world. Everybody in the world knows who Sam Jones from Boaz, Alabama is. His friend Bob says, that can't be. Uh, You're just blowing smoke. Nobody, I know people around here know you, but not everybody in the world. And so Sam looked at Bob and said, okay, put your money where your mouth is. And so they made a little bet. They, they bet that the next person would buy coffee. Uh, it would be Sam if he won the bet and everybody in the world knew him. And it would be Bob if he could find anybody in the world that didn't know who Sam Jones from Boaz, Alabama was. Well, they started that day. They went all around Boaz, and they went all around Albertville, and they talked to everybody they could see, and everybody they ran into knew who Sam Jones from Boaz, Alabama was. At the end of the day, uh, Sam was ready for Bob to pay up, and Bob says, now hold on there. Uh, This is just, I know a lot of people know you, but this has been local. Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to extend this, and we're going to go to Montgomery And I'm going to see if the governor of the state knows you. And Sam said, bring it on. No problem. So they got up the next day and they drove to Montgomery. And it just so happened that the governor was making a speech on the steps of the Capitol. And they were out in the crowd. Sam and Bob were out in the crowd. And the governor was making a speech. And right in the middle of the speech, the governor stopped, looked their way, and said, Oh, and I want to say how pleased I am to have Sam Jones from Boaz, Alabama here today. And so Sam elbows Bob in the ribs, said, see there, told you, everybody in the world knows who I am. Bob wasn't ready to give up, though. He said, okay, well, tomorrow 
We're going to catch a flight out of Birmingham. We're going to fly to Washington, D.C. I'm going to see if the president knows you. Bring it on, said Sam. Fine with me. And so that's what they did. They, they went the next day. They got a flight out of Birmingham. They flew to Washington, D.C. They went over to the White House. And it just so happened that the president that day was giving a speech in the, in the Rose Garden around the White House. They were way back, of course. And, but, but they could see what was going on. And, and right in the middle of the speech, the president stops, looks, and says, and there, right over there, is my old friend, Sam Jones from Boaz, Alabama. How you doing there, Sam? And Sam said, fine, Mr. President, thank you for asking. And then he elbowed Bob again and said, see, told you, I know everybody, and everybody knows me. One last thing Bob decided to try. He said, okay, well, tomorrow we're just going to do something really, really out of the box. We're going to catch a flight here from Washington. We're going to fly over to Rome. We're going to go to Vatican City, and I'm going to see if the Pope knows who you are. And Sam said, bring it on. Everybody knows Sam Jones. So that's what they did. They, they flew to Rome. They went to the Vatican. And it just so happens it was Palm Sunday. And, and the Pope was out on the balcony giving uh, his sermon for Palm Sunday to all of the thousands and thousands of people gathered in Vatican Square. And Sam and Bob were way back in the crowd so far that they could just barely see the Pope up on the balcony. And the Pope started waving like this. And Sam elbowed Bob in the ribs and said, You see there, the Pope is waving to us. He knows we're out here. And Bob said, He's waving at everybody, silly. That doesn't prove anything. And so Sam said, Hold on a second. And, and Sam disappeared into the crowd. And Bob just completely lost sight of him for about, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. And then finally, he could see a, something stirring going on there up on the balcony where... The Pope was giving his sermon. Right in the middle of the Pope's sermon, the door opening out onto the balcony opens and this figure comes out behind the Pope. He could see it from a distance. Bob could. But it was so far away, he really couldn't tell. It sort of looked like his friend Sam. He really couldn't tell for sure. But there was a guy next to him, a guy he didn't know who had some binoculars, right? And so... He asked the guy with the binoculars, can you see what's going on up there? And the guy with the binoculars said, yes, I can, I can see it really clearly. And he says, well, what's going on on the balcony up there? And he says, well, I'm not sure who the guy in the robe and the funny hat is, but the guy next to him is Sam Jones from Boaz, Alabama. Okay, this would be the point where if you were here, you would be laughing, I'm sure. But you've got to give me a break today. And so you got to type LOL or put a smiley face in the comments section of Facebook Live. It's really hard to tell a joke to an empty room, okay? So everybody apparently knew, at least in my story, who Sam Jones from Boaz, Alabama was. But I want to tell you, not everybody in the crowd that day on Palm Sunday, that first Palm Sunday, knew who the guy riding into town on the donkey was. Oh, yeah, there was a crowd, and yeah, they were cheering and waving palm branches and everybody was having a big time and throwing their cloaks on the road and all that. Maybe as many as a couple of hundred thousand were there that day, Bible scholars tell us, cheering Jesus on as he came into town. But here's the question. In verse 11, 
somebody in the crowd says, well, who is this? And someone beside him said, well, that's Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth. And that very question and that response to that question just kind of shows that most people didn't know who Jesus really was. And that question 2,000 years later looms over us. We wave our palm branches today. I, I thought it was kind of cool how we did Palm Sunday this, this year at Gaston First United Methodist Church. We had yesterday from 11 to 1 a drive-through palm distribution uh, at the portico at our church. We handed through the windows. We all were wearing gloves. We handed through the windows the palms. And so wherever you are today, if you have a palm, you can just go ahead and wave it now. Waving the palms, shouting Hosanna. And even as we do that, I want us to really consider this question. Do we really know who Jesus is? All right, well, let's, let's back up from the palm branches and the Hosannas. And let's back up and see what happened before that, because that tells us something about who Jesus really is. Because Jesus is the one who calls us to have faith. That's how Palm Sunday really starts, everybody. It starts with a call to have faith. Jesus tells his disciples, go and find a donkey and her colt. Let's just stop right there, because I am a curious person. I'm a number five on the Enneagram scale, if you know anything about that. I'm a thinker. I'm an investigator. So if I'd been there that day and Jesus said, I want you to go find, go into town, find a donkey and her colt, I would have been thinking, which donkey, which colt? You know, what if there, uh, what if there's more than one donkey colt combo there? How do I know which one to get? Right. All right. So moving on, find a donkey and her colt, Jesus said, and bring them to me. Again, if I had been there that day, I would have been doing something like, what? Just take them? I mean, isn't that grand theft or something? I, I, we, we just take them? What do we tell the owners? I, I mean, is, is there anybody else that feels a little bit uncomfortable at this point when you're reading that story? Or have you read it so much that you don't even think about it? That just makes me really uncomfortable, the thought of doing that. And as if Jesus had anticipated somebody like me thinking that, Jesus said this, If anybody says anything... You just tell them, the Lord needs it. The Lord needs them. Do you see how Palm Sunday starts with a step of faith, a call to faith? Because you see, the disciples are just going to have to trust Jesus on this one. There are a lot of questions, I'm sure. There are a lot of unknowns. And they're just going to have to trust they're going to have to trust that if Jesus called them to do something, that he will have prepared the way before them. That if Jesus is doing something cool in their lives and preparing them, that Jesus is also preparing things and doing things in the lives of people whom they've never met. Can you hear? Can I hear the Palm Sunday call to faith today? Because honestly, we have a lot of unknowns right now. We have more questions than we do answers, don't we? A lot of unanswered questions. When will all this be over? 
If you haven't said that out loud, you've wondered it in your heart. When will this be over? When will it get better? How much longer will it be? How much longer will it be until we can come and gather with our friends in church? And dare I say that you students out there are thinking, you know, when can we go back to school? When can we gather with our friends? When, when can we go out to eat? You see, our world has changed right before our eyes with this pandemic. And we are being asked to do a lot of things that are uncomfortable. We are being asked to trust the Lord maybe like never before. To trust maybe like never before. But that's how Palm Sunday always has started. It has always started with a call to have faith. Yeah, you've got questions that are unanswered. Yeah, you're just going to have to trust Jesus on this one. But that's what faith is. And that's who Jesus is. He's the one that calls us to have faith. All right. And then Jesus is the one who calls us to give. Calls us to give. Give what, you say? Well, give whatever the situation calls for. All right, let's shift our gaze from the disciples who've just been asked to take a big step of faith to the owners of the mama donkey and the colt. So imagine the owners of this mama donkey and the colt are inside their house and the disciples roll up outside their home and they just start untying the donkey and the colt. Uh, the colt. And the owners go outside and say something like, hey, what are you doing? You untying my donkey and my colt? Are you trying to steal them? Let's face it, if they're in this part of the country, it would be always followed by a ch ch, right? The Lord needs it, the disciples reply. The Lord needs it. That's it? That's, that's all you got? The thing is, that's all we ever need. That's the only answer we ever need if we have got the issue of ownership straight in our minds. Because who does the donkey and the colt really belong to? Who is really the owner? So if you know the answer to that, I want you to type it in the comments section of your Facebook live feed if you know the answer to who the owner of that donkey and colt really is. And while you're doing that, I'm going to answer the question by looking at the Psalms. Not the 23rd Psalm, but the 24th Psalm. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It all belongs to God. We all belong to God. We just sometimes forget that. Back in 2002, I went to Camp Simitonga on a three-day spiritual retreat called The Walk to Emmaus. Have any of y'all ever been to The Walk uh, to Emmaus? Okay, plug for The Walk to Emmaus. It's a wonderful um, three-day retreat. It's, it's one of the greatest things you'll ever do for yourself, uh, spiritually speaking. And when we get done with all this quarantine stuff, I want to talk with you 
about how you can go on an Emmaus walk. Uh, it really, really is an amazing experience. If you have been on an Emmaus walk and you're watching my Facebook Live today, in the comments line, I want you to go ahead and let me know that and tell me your walk number and the table that you set out just for funsies, okay? So anyway, back in 2002, I went on this retreat at Camp Sumatanga, and during this retreat, there, I mean, it's wonderful worship and singing, and you hear awesome talks by lay people and by clergy, and you also have a lot of time to reflect and pray and listen to God. And so, again, this was back in 2002, and here was my family situation. Emily Kate was three years old, Allison was one year old, and Tammy was pregnant out to here with Michael, who had not yet come into this world. And so, that to say, it was not an ideal time for me to be away at Camp Sumatanga for an Emmaus walk or for anything else for that matter. Now, we had a lot of good help from our church family. Shout out to Home Street United Methodist Church in Huntsville. We had uh, a lot of help from Tammy's parents. Uh, shout out to Grandma and Pa. But still, at this retreat, when I was talking and praying and listening to God, I could feel the weight of that on my shoulders. I was fretting and praying. Do you ever do any fretting and praying? That's what I was doing. And I was saying something like this. Lord, take care of my family. Lord, take care of Tammy. Lord, take care of Emily Kate. Lord, take care of Allison. Lord, take care of our sweet baby who hasn't even gotten here yet. Lord, take care of my family. And then I waited before God and just listening uh, for God to speak in my spirit and I heard these words as clearly as I've ever heard God say anything to me God said they belong to me they belong to me so what a powerful reminder that was for me my, my family belongs to God your family does too and so do you and so if you're fretting and praying over a family right now uh, that, that you're separated from. If, if you have children, if you have grandchildren that you're sheltered at home away from right now, or if you're like me and you have a parent who is, is far away and, and maybe you can only talk to them by phone right now and you can't see them, I want you to hear the whisper of God in your heart right now. They belong to me. They belong to me. And we can trust those most precious to us into the hands of God. And we can trust ourselves into the hands of God because we all belong to God. So that makes us free-hearted givers. It makes us free-hearted givers. When the Lord says there's a need, we are free-hearted and we give. Our families belong to God. Our churches belong to God. Our businesses, our communities, they all belong to God. Our resources, financial and otherwise, if the Lord needs them, then our response is open-handed generosity, especially in a time like this. When so many needs are out there, open-handed generosity, not closed fists. Jesus is the one that calls us to give whatever, whatever is needed at the time. And then Jesus is the king. Jesus is the king. We're waving our branches. We're shouting Hosanna. Um, 
We're shouting praise to the king. Jesus may just not be the king we all expected. See, we looked at the disciples and we looked at the ones who had the donkey and the colt. Let's shift our attention now to the crowd. The ones who are cheering. The ones who are watching as Jesus rides in to Jerusalem that day. Remember that question that's looming over the whole thing is, who is this? They waved their branches in the air and they shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. If you've been around church for a while, you've probably heard those words a lot, like every Palm Sunday, or you've probably sung them in different songs on Palm Sunday. They're ancient words. Did you know that? They, they reflect an ancient expectation of the coming of the king. Listen to these words from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Sing aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Remember, the crowd was shouting, Hosanna that day. You know what Hosanna means? It means save us now. Save us now. The people in the crowd that day when Jesus rode into town were calling for a military-type Messiah to come in and to sweep out the Roman occupation. That was what they wanted the king to do. Save us. When? Right now. But Jesus wasn't that kind of king. He didn't ride into town on a war horse. He rode in on a peacetime animal, on a donkey. You see, Jesus' kingdom wasn't going to be a military-slash-political type rule. Isn't that what Jesus told Pontius Pilate when he stood before him? Remember, they were talking about who was king, and Jesus said this in John chapter 18, verse 36. He said, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Jesus' kingdom is in your heart and in mine. It's really tempting to, to want the kind of king that rides in on a war horse and drives away all of our problems. It's really tempting to point our fingers on the outside and to say, well, you know what, like they did, the problem is all with, with all those Roman soldiers. The problem is with that governor Pontius Pilate. The problem is out there. The problem is way over there. Hurry up, Jesus. Come and solve all our problems right now. Come and reestablish King David's throne. Get rid of all these foreigners. It's so ironic, though, isn't it? In the Passion story, how it's the Roman soldier that finally realizes who Jesus is. When Jesus died on the cross and the earth shook and the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom, it was the Roman centurion who'd been keeping watch over Jesus that said, truly, this man was God's son. You see, that's the kind of king Jesus is. He's the king of hearts that changes lives one at a time. I hear a lot of people say, uh, well, you know, America needs to go back to God. And I agree. But here's how America goes back to God. 
America goes back to God one heart at a time as people start following Jesus and looking like Jesus. When the church starts looking like Jesus, then America will too. Palm Sunday. Massive crowds, people yelling, waving palm branches, throwing their cloaks in front of the man who rides the donkey. Hosanna, the people cry. Two guys in the crowd elbow each other. Who is this, one guy says. The other guy says, well, you know, that's Jesus. That's Jesus from Nazareth, the prophet. He's that prophet guy. Well, he is Jesus. He, he was from Nazareth, but he was so much more than a prophet. He's, he's the king, but he's so much more than that. He's not the king we expect. He's not there just to make all of our problems go away right now. He's the one that calls us to have faith right where we are. The one who calls us, even with our unanswered questions, to trust him. He's the one who asks us to give. To give whatever is necessary at the time. He's the one who wants to be king of our hearts and change us forever. So here's something I want you and I to take with us into Holy Week, into this week. To think about this Jesus, about who he really is. I want to challenge you to do something with me this week. Pick your favorite gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and read it through this week, uh, during Holy Week. Read it with an eye on Jesus, asking yourself, who is Jesus? What, what did he actually say? What did he actually do? What did he actually teach? And then on Thursday night, make sure that you read the passage in whichever gospel you choose about the Last Supper. As Pastor Andy said, have some uh, grape juice and some bread on hand uh, this coming Thursday night at 6, and let's celebrate Monday, Thursday together. On Friday night this week, on Good Friday, read the story of the crucifixion wherever you are. You might even want to set up uh, seven candles in the room where you're reading, and as you read the seven last sayings of Jesus Christ, ex extinguish each of those seven candles. And then next Easter Sunday, get up early. I know maybe you're not an early bird, but get up early and read the story of the resurrection and the gospel that you've been reading all week long. This is Jesus we're talking about. This is the one who calls us to have faith. This is the one who calls us to give this is the one who wants to be the king of our hearts and wants us to join his kingdom movement. Next Sunday, on Easter Sunday morning, we're going to have two opportunities for you to join us in worship uh, live on Facebook. We're going to have a, a 9 o'clock service that will be our celebration service with our praise band, and we're going to have our 11 o'clock traditional service. Um, you're going to have two opportunities to, to worship I want you to invite your friends and um, call, your, call your relatives who maybe live in another part of the country and don't have a church family to, to be a part of this. Who is Jesus? That's the question. Let's hold on to it. Let's take it with us through Holy Week.
Let's remember that Jesus is the healer of our diseases, not the cause of our diseases. Jesus is the one who died for us. Jesus is the one who rose again on the third day. Jesus is the one who says, follow me. Let's pray. Lord, there was a question that hung over that crowd 2,000 years ago, and it still hangs over us today. And sometimes we have mixed up the answer. Sometimes we, we answered the question wrongly that Jesus was just a good man or Jesus was a prophet or Jesus was a figure in history. But, Lord, you're so much more than that. You are the one who calls us to have faith, to believe where we have not yet seen. You're the one who calls us to give to give whatever is needed, whenever is needed, knowing in our hearts and in our minds that the question of ownership has been settled once for all because it all belongs to you. And you're the one who is king, not on our terms, but on your terms. Help us, Lord, to serve you and follow you gladly. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.